Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elkin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Hammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny, I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob, I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you were all investigating the underwater grotto that was the lair for the Sawaguin. And uh, when you're inside, after dealing with an explosion and then some Kuatoa wearing cybernetic armor, you all decided to go investigate one of the caves that you all were traveling down. At the end of this cave, you found a small water pool with a rock in the center and like a lot, like, you know, between like a dozen and 20 at least corpses of Sawaglin that looked to have been dead for multiple days. They were, they were bloated and rotting and very gross. And um, as you were kind of inspecting this area, a roper attacked. This was no ordinary roper. Um, it seemed to have an aquatic sort of variation in the texture of its skin. It was more like coral than stone. And um, it was underwater, which is odd for ropers you might have heard about or encountered on Terrell. After dispatching this roper and almost losing Whiskey's life, you all healed Whiskey up and are now still standing in this narrow cave. Uh, for what you can see, there does not seem to be much else in this room. I mean, there is a small hole way up in the ceiling where the waterfall is coming from. But other than that, it does not seem like there are any other pathways in this direction. Just as you were all done dealing with this attack, you heard Sultan start screaming and asking for your assistance. What would you like to do? Go see what fucking Sultan got up to. Is there a way to very quickly, before I leave, um, try and get a look at like a corpse, any of these corpses, and see if it seems like they were killed by the Roper? Sure, do a medicine check. Goodness, okay. A 14? Uh, I would say if you just examine like one of the corpses that's floating closest to the edge, looking at it, it looks as if, like the first corpses you all had encountered in the main area, that it has both stab wounds and burn wounds, which you can all assume might have been from the laser rifles of the Kuatoa after fighting them. Um, you notice it does look like half these bodies have been chewed on, perhaps by this roper as well. Uh, you do not think they their original cause of death was the Roper, however. Okay, well, that's weird. Uh, and then I follow everybody, I, I guess. All right, as you all go out into the main area, you will see the lizard folk standing uh, in a circle surrounding Sultan, and he looks like he's having a mental breakdown. Uh, I don't know what's happening. There's like this voice in my head and it keeps telling me to leave. And it's like telling me I'm a monster and need to go and like I'm going to die. And I, I don't understand. Like crocodiles don't do this shit. It, it, it's okay. It's, it's okay, Sultan. And uh, I'm going to. Wissy's going to get right up in there and, uh, you know, pat his knee. 
It's it's okay. I will remind all of you and the listeners, two episodes ago, you all heard a similar voice um, after fighting the Kuatoa and one of them vanished. Uh, you heard a voice telling you all, you will not leave this place. So this is not the first you're hearing of this voice. You're not you're not going crazy or anything. Uh, we all heard it, too. You're going to be OK. We've been plenty of places with weird disembodied voices telling us we're not leaving, but we left anyway. So, you know. Yeah, it's pretty much a running theme. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, it was okay when, like, Shepard was doing it, but I don't want these things in my head. Is it still talking to you, or is it done now? Um, um, uh, oh, I think that's just me now. Yeah, I think it's gone. Um, how about, how about we get, uh, Dr. Shepard in there, and, uh, see if he can in- talk to your brain and-, and make it feel better? You're gonna fight the voices in my brain? Dr. Shepard? Uh, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, of course. All right, it's the voice, not my voice. Is the other voice still in here with us? I mean, I hear I hear my voice and your voice. I don't know if here's the right word. You know what? Let me see. Yeah, let me see if I can. Hey. Hello. Yeah, I'm right I'm right here. Hello. I can hear Hello. you. I'm just sure that's a little joke I do sometimes. Sorry. Um Yeah, I don't What did it say? It said you weren't going to get out of here. It said that to us too, but how are you okay with that? I don't, I just don't understand why that's... I think that's the third time we've heard a voice tell us that we're going to die and we're not going to make it out. So now it's just kind of, you know, par for the course. Like, we just kind of expect it anytime we go into a cave now, really. Oh. You didn't see anything out here, though, did you? No, I mean, you were all in there and I heard some splashing and stuff. I thought maybe you were having, like, a pool party. I wanted to visit yeah. for a moment, but then... No. I don't know. And then I heard the voice and then you were all here now. Yeah, it was like the worst pool party ever. There was a roper, a wet one. A wet roper was in there. Have you ever seen something like that, Sultane? A wet roper? Not in so many words. <laughs> yeah, it was really wet, and it was really a roper, and it dang near ate whiskey in one bite. I think she got down to, like, if we had to put a number on it, like, one, like, health. You know, like a health point. <laughs> it's left. a medical so term. So it was really close call in there. <laughs> Yeah, it was a me- it's a medical term. I measure everybody's likelihood to live in health points, and she only had one left. Is that like space talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, it's space talk, Sultan. Um, all right, well, I think we're good here. I think I can. I think now there's the one path left, and I don't know why I'm just talking to you, Sultan. So yeah, I'm I don't start know. Talking to everybody. Yeah, I feel like my my mind voice is substantially less entertaining. <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, it. <laughs> you know what? It is. It is also easier to understand while I'm in here. Uh, and I just wanted to make sure I didn't have to like beat up any other voices. So I think we're good. Well, I mean, I, what I don't get is if you're always hearing these mind voices, maybe this is just a you problem. Like, why am I dealing with this? I'm a great warrior. I just wanted to like go kill some bird people or fish people or whatever these people are because they're mean or whatever. That's what we're here for, too. Now I got all these mind voices. That doesn't happen. That's a, this did not happen before I met you. Because well, before you met us, all you were fighting were crocodiles. Crocodiles can't do this, Sultan. This is only space squids. I don't I don't get it. Space <laughs> squids may be able to do this. I don't know yet. We haven't figured that out. No, space squids. That's what you guys call it, right? Yeah, we tried. To- Wait, you fly through face. That's what it was called this whole time. Sultan, I think we're taking steps back. It's a two steps back, one step forward right now. And I think this is more damaging than helpful. 
And I think I'm getting you more confused. No, we don't fly through faces. We do fly through space in the Gary. The face aliens, those maybe can talk in heads, and we don't know that, but that's okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go now, Sultan. You all just see Sultan staring into space, <laughs> like just staring up at the ceiling blankly this entire time. He's just time. never had a thought in his life. God bless him. Okay, it, we're all we're all good here. Sultan's good. Didn't see anything. I think we're ready to follow the where the Kuatoa came from. It's okay, everybody. The octopus person told me everything's fine. I'm cool. I'm good. He like starts like roughly massaging one of the lizard's shoulders. He's like, "We're gonna be all right. All right, we're gonna be okay. Right? We're gonna right? We're gonna be okay." Yeah, yeah, we're, we're all going to be fine. Pundo P, yeah. That was the last explosion, right? Uh, Well, probably not, but uh, <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, Hey, you're you're big and strong, right? Uh, yeah, of course. That's like my whole thing. <laughs> can, can, can I just, um, like, ride on you for a little bit of protection? Because uh, it turns out I'm real squishy. I mean, that's fine if you don't think Howard will get jealous. No, no, Howard. Howard Wait, what if jealous. Howard ride on you and that? Oh no! Well, right. exactly. That's inappropriate. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Sorry, Howard. I don't mean to make you blush. Oh my gosh! I need a T-shirt with whiskey that says "Ride or Die." <laughs> <laughs> we want to get one for Sultan that says, "If you can read this, the whiskey fell off." <laughs> Well, uh, climb aboard. And he's going to kneel down to help you hop up on his shoulders. All right. What is everyone else going to do? Um, he seems a lot more calmed down now. Info is going to ask uh, if someone could call the Gary and tell Rodney to get down here. Yeah. I love that a big part of your artificer subclass is having that like pet. <laughs> we haven't brought Rodney with us in like 12 episodes. He's sort of like the ship's janitor now. He just kind of like chills out. It's like the den mother. We come home. He's got coffee made. Apricot is here and she does still have a knife. Uh, She hasn't used it. She just sort of holds it and watches. Is it a knife or is it like a little? It's a knife. She has it in her mouth. You know how ferrets do. It's like, what do you have, Apricot? A knife. No. (laughs) Takes maybe three or four minutes. And then suddenly out of the... Uh, surface of the water pool that's behind you all the same one that you all had climbed out of when you first entered the grotto uh surfaces a rodney rodney's gonna like dump his carafe out because it's all full of salt water now and then like puck it back in there and truck on over and meet up with us in the caves all right yeah rodney is rolling across this wet stony ground uh but i imagine rodney has like little tank treads or something that allow him to travel uh pretty easily all right, so Rodney meets up with the rest of you, and you are all standing at the most level part of this cave, and um, there are two paths. There is the path ahead, and then there is the path upwards. Which way would you like to go? The path upwards is where you had slain all the Kuatoa. The path upward, yeah, I, I, I think that's like the only one that we haven't explored now, right? Well, the one ahead, you started walking in that direction, and you saw that it opened up, but then you all found the bodies 
buried in the ground. When you were investigating the bodies of these Salaguins, that's when the other Salaguin appeared, and then there was an explosion. So uh, you can all go straight and investigate further into that cave, or you can go up the steps towards where the Kuatoa were. I say we go straight. Straight. We got backup. Rodney's here. We're fine. Past the bodies? Yeah. We killed them. Let's just go the other way. Well, let's let's maybe be cautious when we do it so there's not another friggin' roper. Yeah, Stupid let's... Stupid wet roper. Yeah, that was a bad idea, guys. I don't know why, why you told me to do that. <laughs> you know... Next time you can pardon whip whiskey. I don't think I will. Uh, next time y'all just get behind me and I'll fireball. Yes, that would be best. Yeah, let's go straight first. Watch the bodies. All right, Whiskey, are you leading the way? Hell no. <laughs> Please don't. Info will lead the way. Info will just like walk right ahead. Rodney right behind him. All right, so you all start to head straight forward. You will go past the little pit that has the the first corpses of Sawagwen that you found, and into this cave ahead. You do notice this cave is much wider than the one that was concealing the roper. And as you go forward, you turn a corner, and you can immediately see the end of this cave. Right at the end of this cave is another pit, and it does not take even a second to realize it is a pit of water filled with yet more Sawagwen corpses. Uh, at this point, you're you have witnessed at least fifty corpses of Salguin. The fuck! This is a lot of dead things. A lot. Should I thorn whip one of them? No, <laughs> no, oh. no. Okay, just checking. See, so you guys learned your lesson. Uh, this area where they are piled up is much, much smaller than the other watery area where the roper was. In fact, it's more similar in size to. A previous pit full of corpses. <laughs> it shouldn't do this many corpses. Um, but uh, the only thing here is you notice, like, this was like a pit full of water. And it's it's like they're just filling these little holes with Salagun bodies. This feels, like, wrong. Yeah, I know we came to kill Salagun, but... But, I mean... Something else killing Salagun... <laughs> We weren't going to, like, annihilate them. Why are they saving them? It feels like, I mean, is it, like, ceremonial, mm. or why save all the corpses? Oh, see, don't say things like that, because that just means that there's going to be a necromancer who's going to bring all these things back, and they're going to fight us undead. Oh, I hate that. Wait, wait, I got it. What if, like, we're actually time travelers, and, like, we already killed them because we're so good at fighting don't and stuff, think that's and now it, we're here Sultan. in the future? Hear them out. That does rule. <laughs> That would be cool. You notice a few of the other lizard folk nodding in agreement. Doesn't that mean we're going to like encounter them alive, though, because we have to kill them and then they'd be up dead? And, okay, you know what? Let's not talk about time travel. It'll, it'll <laughs> give us all headaches. Let's just keep wow. going. Keep this party moving. Look, I don't know. You guys are like from space and stuff, and there's like explosions and magic mind people and things. I don't know. I mean, you're not wrong. There, There's a lot of weird stuff. Maybe they use the corpses to put the brain worms in, the brain fish, to make the... Oh, do we have to check the corpses then? I don't want to. I can thorn whip one of them up here. Wait, have you ever found one of these, like, fish brain things, like, alive? Or are they always corpses? We've seen one alive. Well, no, we... 
we've only found them the in first corpses. One. Mm. Yes. The the fish things were still alive inside the corpse. Right? Right. Yeah. We had to cut the heads off or cut the heads open. And pull out the hearts. We had to do that too. I, we did <laughs> not need to do that. No, but we did do that. We needed to do it. So what if they're what if they're stockpiling these so they can be like army of the undead? Mm, yeah, vehicles like an army of darkness. I don't see anything further down this path. Do we want to look at one of them? Yeah, I'll look. Oh, I don't have a brain for them to eat. That's a good point. Okay, that's, that that's, that's a really that good point info. Yeah, that's a. I was gonna say it. <laughs> Silver doesn't have very high intelligence, but she'd like to keep that matter in, in check as much as she can. Info's gonna, like, grab one of the bodies and pull it over and smash the head on the ground a few times. It's not. Let's crack this melon! Science! <laughs> you yank one of these corpses out of this pit. It is gross and bloated and rotting and disgusting. And moist. And uh, it's not very hard to burst open like a melon. And there's an even more putrid smell as you burst this thing quite easily. And um, you don't see anything in its skull. This one's empty. Should I try again? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Does that mean that there's no brain at all? You do see a no brain. Fish thing on the just brain. not a fish, okay. fish creature. Okay. I mean, it's still gross, but it's better. Info's going to pick up the brain and like hold it up to whiskey and go, see, look. Just a squishy, moist brain. Uh, yep, yep. That's a that's a brain. Throw it over his shoulder, yep. back into the body pile. Now, should we go back where it's less stinky? Yeah, yeah. All right. So after investigating this third pit of Salguin corpses and smashing one of the bodies open for what I wish was the first time, <laughs> you uh, oh, find boy. that. There is nothing else changed. You were all in the main area of this cave, and uh, it seems the only path you have not yet explored is the stairway path leading upwards where you had fought the Kuatoa. And this is where they actually came from, right? You say that. No. Well, no, you all came from behind you all where Ronnie surfaced. No. This is where the Kuatoa came from, right? They actually like walked down this, or did they teleport in? I forget. You don't know. You were there was an explosion and then a beam of light and you turned around and there were Kuatoa on these steps firing at you. Gotcha. So we don't know where they came from. You say that this is the only path that we have not traversed yet, but that one Saugan dropped from mm. that one area. Secret tunnel. Yeah. Secret tunnel. I can in the fly ceiling. in the dark. <laughs> And apparently carry one whiskey-sized creature. <laughs> but I will not be doing that into a secret tunnel by ourselves. <laughs> I, I think that's an excellent plan to not follow. So what would you like to do instead? If you're not going in the secret tunnel. <laughs> I say we go up the steps. Yeah, I think we're going to need to investigate and see if this is where they came from. May as well. Yeah, because you're like all fighting and stuff. And then like they were up there and there was like all the lights and then the explosions and stuff. So like... It's probably that way. You're right, Sultan. Probably. The other lizard folk are nodding in agreement with Sultan. They seem to agree with him on everything. Who would like to lead? I'll lead. Uh, okay. I can I can take up the back then. 
I mean, are you trying to say I'm scared? I'm not scared. I can lead. What if there's a voice talker thing in there that talks into your head? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I should probably stay back here with Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. Come on, Rodney, let's roll. They're just gonna, like, start plopping up the stairs. Alright, coffee bots roll out. <laughs> so, you go first. Uh, what's the marching order behind that? Is it just is it just a Rodney and uh, Info and then everyone else in, like, a mass? I'll go pretty close to the front. Alright, and it sounds like Soul Red's gonna be in the back, just in case anything sneaks up. And then I think I'll be next to Whiskey in the middle, since Whiskey is the one that's needing the most <laughs> heal. Yeah, needing the most heals at the moment. Well, Whiskey is on Sultan's back. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's true. He'll protect me. I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Famous last words. But he'll stay near you, I'm sure, to to protect his brain. So. <laughs> if Sultan doesn't make it out of this, I'm going to be fucking yeah. heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would rather, you know what? I would rather Dr. Shepard die and then me take up Sultan's character sheet than Sultan <laughs> die. We must protect this himbo at all costs. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we've only known him for like this last week, but I'll do anything. If anything happens to him, I'll kill everyone in this room and myself. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> You're all going to travel forward then? Yeah. Yeah. All right, you travel up these steps, and when you get to the top, it finally levels out, and you see the cave continue forward. Once again, it's dim lighting. There's a single torch burning in this cave. And then it will round the corner, and as you're all walking, it is much more wide than the last cave where the roper was. You can certainly all fit maybe, I don't know, two by two for most of it. And then there is a portion in the middle where you can probably fit four people wide, but then it begins to narrow again and takes a turn. Are you all going to just stay in this like single file or uh, did you want to change anything as you're moving through this cave? Well, now that you asked, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> single file. Yeah, let's just work. I think. Yeah. Um, as you're all moving forward, Info, Rodney and Ava will come upon an opening in this opening. You immediately see it is much brighter you see the end of a cave and a large pool of water, much, much larger. And you also see that this area has opened up into a massive main section of this cave. Uh, in the pool of water, you see multiple different large glass cylinders. They seem to be made of a strange, weird, yellowish glass material. And inside them is a purplish liquid and you can also see inside them are some sort of organisms that seem to be incubating inside these pods. Just from where you stand, you can see that to the right, the room opens up much, much larger than where you were at. And you can actually see a couple tables that are lined up in this area, as well as just from where you're standing already, you can see at least three or four humanoid figures that you can be pretty certain have fish-like qualities. From this distance, you're not sure if they're Sawagwin or Kuatoa, but they do not appear to be wearing the same cybernetic armor that the Kuatoa were wearing. And you can tell this because the Kuatoa were glowing due to their armor, and these are not. However, the purple tanks are glowing. What would you all like to do? Info's going to fire a firebolt at the pods. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's burn it down. Y'all, y'all want me to? Y'all want me to do fireball? 
Info, yeah, Firebolt is significantly better than Firebolt. Well, I don't have Firebolt. But but I do. Well, you do that, and I'll bolt. Okay. Are you hitting the fish people down there, or are you hitting... No, I want to discover the secret of the ooze and, like, melt those pods and things that are in the pods. I think it's going to be the brain fish. Yeah, that's why I'm trigger happy. All right, so Info, you walk into this room on the edge of this pool. Whiskey, you were still a little bit back on the back of our Sultan. Uh, are you going to just fire a fireball from up here? I'm not going to be able to aim from there, am I? I'm going to have to get closer. I think it'd be very hard to get it past three of the lizard folk and also the rest of your party. Yeah, I'll have to climb down and, and sneak forward. Rodney's with us. He's got your back. All right, so we have Rodney, Info, and Whiskey standing on the edge, and you can go ahead and cast your fireball. Okay, so that's going to be a DC 15 dex save. Okay, where are you firing it at? I am firing to to try and hit as many of them as I can. So that middle glass pod? She's aiming for the fish. I'm aiming for the pods. Okay, so you were not firing at the pods, you were firing at the creatures. Yeah, I'm firing at the creatures. You turn to your right, you go to fire this fireball, and you immediately see, standing right around the corner, just oh, like ju- just in front of you, two of these Sawagwen and one Kuato in cybernetic armor. Do you want to redirect the fireball or fire it where you intended? I'm going to redirect it. So it's going to hit them. So as soon as you turn to see these things, it looks like they were about to jump out of the shadows and attack you. Just because you happen to turn in that direction, you see them and you are able to position this fireball so that when it hits, it will destroy two of the glass tanks. It will hit one of the fish figures out in the distance and it will hit all three of these creatures that are right next to you. So, yeah, everything has a DC 15 deck save. All right, so the Kuatoa wearing the cybernetic armor gets a natural 20, and everything else gets a 6. That's uh, 24 points of damage each. So the two glass compartments just basically get immediately destroyed. They blow up and uh, shatter, and then the water just, you know, pours out and mixes in with the grotto below. The Kuatoa itself saves. Does it still take half damage? Yes, half on a save. All right, half on a save, and then everything else takes the full brunt of the fireball. You launch this, there's a massive explosion, and when it clears, it seems that you have destroyed and killed every one of your targets, as well as completely decimating the two glass tubes that had some sort of organism floating inside them. And just as you are celebrating the victory of your shot, you will hear a loud coming from behind you as a beam of energy fires oh, hey. at Whiskey from behind. Damn it! <laughs> no, not Whiskey. Excuse me? Has it been 10 minutes? Whiskey should know better than this. For a 12. It's a 12 hit. Uh, if it has not been 10 minutes, then no. Oh! My AC is currently 14. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Shepard. All right, this beam misses you and you turn around and you see standing on the left side of the mouth of the cave, right where you had exited, which is now behind you and Info and Rodney, is two of the cybernetic Kuatoa and one of the Sawagwen. 
Um, as soon as you turn, it is not hard to tell that this Sawagun's face, in comparison to the others, looks like it is stretched over something and is rather bulbous. Oh, it yeah. looks different from the corpses. It looks no. like there is something stuffed inside <laughs> oh, itself. Nice. We found him. And now we will roll initiative once more. Did Info get to blow up one of those with his firebolt? Or? Yes, Info, you did get to blast one of the glass containers. Uh, go ahead and roll damage real quick before you put your initiative in. Info's going to be real disappointed. 18. All right, 18. That does hit. And when you fire this firebolt, you shatter one of them. That's a gnarly firebolt. Info's going to like be all proud and like look over and see Whiskey as like decimated half of the stuff in this cavern just be like oh yeah you shoot it and you realize like these things are rather fragile um it, you can see cables now in the water because it's so clear and it looks like they are linked together by some sort of uh very futuristic underwater cables and just like any disruption at all appears to be disrupting them ent entirely like you've just shattered this thing they do not look like they're overly strong um but yeah Let's go ahead and roll initiative. So Soul Red got a 13. What did Whiskey get? A uh, 7. Whiskey has a 7. The Lizard Folk are going to have a 16. Uh, Info got a 22. Again. Again. 22. What about Ava? Uh, the other roll was bad, so 16 for me as well. All right. Not too bad. Not too bad. So we're going to start off with Info. Info, you see two Kuitoa wearing cybernetic armor. Uh, both armed with laser rifles, and the Salguin is standing there with the normal sword. There's not a chance that I could position myself so that they're in a line, right? No, they're all standing essentially side by okay. side. Uh, then we're going to go ahead and enroll for the first attack on the one that's near the water. And that was a nine, which I assume does not hit. The nine does not hit the Kuotoa near the water. And then we're just going to try and poke it again. And that was a 23. Yeah, that hits. And that's going to do 13 piercing damage. All right, so you stab this Kuatoa for 13 piercing damage. And um, you definitely hit it. You you notice you have pierced part of its flesh that is not covered by this armor. It seems most of the cybernetics uh, seem to be attached to its brain and nervous system. And uh, Rodney gets to go, I believe, too. And he's going to use his force-empowered rend. And he rolled a 13 to hit. So when Rodney rolls a 13, that will be enough. And Rodney did five damage. All right. So Rodney deals five damage to this Kuatoa. Anything else? And that's all Info's got. All right. Right after Info, we have Dr. Shepard. What would you like to do, Dr. Shepard? I am going to use a spell I've never used before. Uh, so sorry, Whiskey. It is going to take my concentration, so the shield will drop. Um, but I'm going to cast Spirit Guardians. Ooh. So what Spirit Guardians does... Wow, I rolled really bad for that damage, though. Um, when it activates for Shep, what it looks like is uh, a bunch of stars swirling in a 15-foot uh, sphere around me. And while the spell continues for 10 minutes, I can designate any friendly creatures I want to not be affected by the stars. Any enemies are, their speed is halved, and when they enter the area for the first time or they start a turn here, they make a wisdom saving throw, and if they fail, they take 3d8 damage, and if they save, they take half. 
And it's just like a it's like a ring of stars following me around for 10 minutes. All right. So you cast it. And as you move forward, they have entered it for the first time. So I rolled a nine. They have to make a DC 13 wisdom saving throw. Why is my saving throw so low? I need to look into that. The two Kuatoa, we have a six and a 14. And then the Sawagwin is a 16. So only one's going to fail and take the full nine. The other two will take half of that. So what's it look like as you kill the one that had already been injured by Info's Lance? I think as like the uh, Kuatoa. I think as like pretty as this spell looks with like this just swirling of stars, it's probably pretty brutal when it actually kills something though. It's just a couple like small stars just going right through their body and out the other side, just like a little spray of blood and then they hit the ground. Yeah, this thing dies right on the edge of this rocky beach type shelf and it's yeah, bleeding and just leaking down into the pool of water where all the glass tubes are with the floating organisms. Anything else? Nope, that is all. Ava, it is your turn. You're about five feet away from this uh, Sawagwen and about ten feet away from the Kuatoa. Uh, the Sawagwen nearest me is the one with the brain parasite, evidently, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can't tell the other ones. They're a little bit too far away, but this one definitely appears to have the brain parasite in its face. All right, well, then I'm going to punch it right in the brain parasite three okay. times. <laughs> Uh, does a 14 hit? Yes. Okay. Then a 27, I'm assuming, hits. And uh, another 14. So all three hit. You did punch it in the brain parasite. <laughs> okay, so let's roll damage. 27, is that right? What does it look like as you beat this thing to death? <laughs> <laughs> well... I punch it right in the brain parasite and my I think my my feeling is like I just want to I just want to pop its head like and and so I I hope I don't know I mean you tell me what does it look like when the brain parasite pops out of this thing's like stretched out brain fucking fruit gusher I mean I think you just punch it in the face a lot and it drops to the ground and then at any point like its face just looks like it could explode but I mean I, I don't know that you burst its face immediately I think you do beat it to death. That's a bonus action. Wait, can I clarify, though? This is the first time we've seen an, an alive creature that apparently is possessed by this brain parasite. So I've killed the creature, but we don't know the status of the brain parasite. Correct. Okay. Um, that's Well, that's my turn. Um, but I, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm watching it closely. I'm like, that thing could still be alive in there. Right. Um, and you definitely punched the vehicle to death for sure but you don't know if you have killed the parasite inside okay and i will also say you can now confirm this body was alive and is no longer alive so you don't necessarily know if they're infecting dead corpses or if that's something separate okay they can take live people i I shout to everybody they can get you while you're alive so watch out all right it is now the lizard folks turn the lizard folk are going to come rushing forward. Um, one of them is going to run in and stab at the remaining Kuatoa. It is going to go for an attack. Uh, it rolls a five, so it misses. The next lizard folk is going to do the same for a 16. Um, it is followed up by a barrage of other lizard folk. Uh, three of them hit, <laughs> That's so and many the rolls. others do not. 
So three of them are going to make attacks against the cybernetic Kuatoa. And that is going to be with their javelin 1d6 plus 2 for each of them for a total of 13 damage. So they essentially run in and start stabbing this Kuatoa repeatedly. Then Sultan will run in last. And Sultan is wielding a much larger club uh, as compared to their spears. And Sultan's going to try to just lob this thing over the head with his his, uh, bladed club. For a 19 to hit. So he will definitely hit. And Sultan will hit it for an additional 12 damage. He just runs in after they stabbed it three times and bashes this thing's scalp in. And uh, the Kuatoa falls to the ground. And you see that, like, the armor it's wearing is, like, sparking and, like, uh, seems to just be, like, malfunctioning and smoking on the ground where it lays. However, it is now Soul Red's turn. And Soul Red, go ahead and make a perception check. Oh, no. This has got to be good, right? Cage is due for a good one. <sighs> That's a three on the die, so a four total. A four. <laughs> you run forward, and you look around, and you're thinking like, this. okay, this is good. This fight's over. Whiskey, it's your turn. Well, I, I still see those three across the way, and uh, I'm going to hit a meech. With uh, magic missiles. Okay, I will say those three have not moved this whole time. They didn't seem to be advancing or anything. That's a little suspicious. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Why don't you make a perception check as well? Ten. You notice a a movement ahead of you, and you notice that across the way... Oh, hell. um, You can now see through some of the glass. There seems to be two more Kuatoa hiding, and uh, behind them is uh, three more Kuatoa that have seemed to enter the cave. They're about, uh, I don't know, 40 feet away from you all, maybe 50 feet, and one of these Salaguin. They're quite far away. And yet, the three Salaguin that were to your right just are standing there, like just staring at the walls. They do not seem to even notice you all, or at least they're not responding in any sort of way. Oh. Well, the, the ones across the way, are they less than 150 feet away? All of them are, yeah. So in total, you got two... Kuatoa that are like 25 feet away, uh, a third one that's like 40 feet away, and then there's the Salaguin at about 55 feet, and two more Kuatoa like 70 feet away. Well, I hope we don't need anything else, but uh, I'm, I'm going to shoot another fireball and drop it like right in the middle. You can hit all of them from that area. Yep. DC 15. It's a dexterity saving throw. Mass failure would be nice. Right, so the Salogan gets a natural 20. Oh my god. Oh. And only one of the Kuatoa save. Okay, well that's 27 points of damage. So 13 mana save. Okay, so you shoot this fireball. There's a massive explosion yet again. You shatter two more of these glass incubators. You just... Delete. Delete. One, two, three, four Kuatoa and a Sawagwin. And there is one more left. And it's just holding this rifle at you all. Um, even from 70 feet away, it looks like that rifle might be shaking a little bit. And I'm just going to uh, run back here behind my friends. Yeah, yeah. Soul Red will protect you. 
<laughs> so we now move to the monster's turn. There is one incubator left. You have destroyed all the other ones from Fireball and one Firebolt. There is one Kuatoa left who is about 70 feet away with the rifle drawn. You see behind this Kuatoa, the cave continues forward before turning a corner. One thing you do notice, uh, though you cannot see past the corner, is that it appears to go into another area where there is water. And if you look to your right, the room is pretty large. You see multiple tables, I think, especially if you all have now clambered out of the cave and onto the shore a little bit more. It's still pretty dimly lit, but there are torches. And uh, I think you see at this point at least six of the Sawaguin just standing there, once again, glaring up at the ceiling, not reacting to you all at all. They all just appear to be just ignoring you all, just staring at the ceiling absently. Info's going to shout at the guy who looks like he's about to pee his pants with a laser rifle, and he's going to yell, Hey! If you want to help us kill those dudes staring at the ceiling, we won't bother you and we'll talk to you. How about that? Do you want to live? As you're talking to this Kuatoa, that voice will return yet again. Your lives are already forfeit. You surrendered yourselves when you entered this place. And um, the Kuatoa is going to fire a shot at Info for a 22 to hit. That will definitely hit. So it fires this rifle at you for 11 force damage. It is no big deal. It fires that rifle straight at you, and then you will suddenly see from the cave that is behind the Kuatoa another figure appear. You see a humanoid figure wearing a cloak over its body. There seems to be some sort of glowing symbols on this cloak. They appear to be not mechanical and futuristic at all but more like mystical and mage-like and it is much taller than the kubotoa probably about seven and a half feet tall and you will hear a voice uh speaking to you not in your head but just out out loud asterion will not be pleased it is little consequence for your bodies will make great vehicles for my pets and that's where we'll end this episode of Eclipse. Don't like this person, yeah, Jeremy. Shit. I hate this <laughs> dude. <laughs> He's cruising for a bruise. Hey, everybody. This is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows 
We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.